Hello and welcome to the final uh, NFL Only Better that will concentrate on the regular season. I gave everyone a scare there. I'm Karen O'Connor, joined <laughs> by John Balfe and Mike Carlson. John was like, wait, the last show? <laughs> I thought there was a couple more of these things. <laughs> um we're gonna we're gonna get straight into it, guys. Because look, we we are gonna talk about the games. We have a uh, final season, our final uh, final week of the regular season. I'll get there eventually. We've got loads and loads and loads on the line. But obviously, if you type NFL into Google um, or NFL News, anything like that, all that's going to come up is obviously the uh, shocking scenes that we saw, Mike, uh, on Monday Night Football with Demar Hamlin. Uh, you know, collapsing on the ground after what seemed like a pretty innocuous ta- uh, tackle. Um, wh- what were you thinking when you were when you were watching this game? <laughs> Sounds. I was thinking um, what basically. Um, it wasn't innocuous tackle. In fact, it wasn't much of a tackle at all. It was T. Higgins putting his shoulder into the chest of of uh, Demar Hamlin. Um, Higgins was running kind of parallel. And Hamlin was coming up and Hamlin didn't want to obviously like take a shot at him, a dive or whatever, for fear that he'd get through. So Hamlin was literally standing up wanting, you know, to just control him and then wrestle him to the ground. And Higgins put his shoulder down and hit him right in the chest. They went down. Hamlin got up. And then a couple of seconds later, Hamlin collapsed on the ground, which you didn't actually see um, in the broadcast because they they had cut they had cut away and then they came back and and um i thought troy aikman was really good all the way through. i mean he seemed to be on top more or less of what was happening he's you know he, he knew that that was hamlin on the ground um then then nothing you know they they worked on him they eventually got him off in a and to a, to a hospital um and it's just a question i guess now he, he, the reports are he's stable um, the reports are that uh, he's he's sedated and being kept uh, non-awake. They've just got to wake up and then see how if there was any brain damage, basically, in the time that he wasn't getting oxygen to the brain. It's not a what would you what would you call it? It's not a NFL rule changing kind of situation. Um, it's not a bad. It's basically a freak a freak accident. Um, the closest thing I can recall to this is uh, is a hockey game in '98 in the NHL playoffs, which is now 25 years ago. But Chris Pronger got hit by a slap shot from Dmitry Miranov, and you know how hockey players—he he literally was sliding in or, or gliding into the path of the shot to block it, as hockey players do. You know they don't get in front of the puck and then duck out of the way the way soccer players do. Um, it hit him in the chest. And he skated a couple of steps and then all of a sudden collapsed and was out for about 20 seconds. Um, he was back playing four days later. Uh, but yeah. that's, ho- that's hockey, not football. Well, that is hockey. Ho- ho- hopefully Hamlin, you know, uh, who knows whether a play or not. Hopefully he wakes up and, it, you know, his his brain function and all as, is as normal. And he just he just recovers from this. But, you know, I've I've watched explanations of it from doctors, you know, how it's you have to take a very hard hit at the same exact kind of millisecond that the the um or the the pump there the whatever it's called commodio core you know it is open 
as the as they reload as it reloads to push the blood out um so it really is a free a freak accident and and i think the main thing we take away is there was the reaction of the players on the sidelines on both teams you know um i've gone on a little too long but you know the next question was the nfl bitterly denying they had ever told the teams to start preparing for five minute restart i don't know why they deny it you know somebody official had to tell the teams that that was the you know that was the situation which is the normal thing they do after the players cleared you know they can change their mind they can realize that it's not wrong to admit we were following our normal procedure and then we realize this is more serious i don't see why the nfl you know is is kind of stonewalling this but certainly the players didn't decide to start preparing by themselves someone told them to do it and it looks more like the two coaches got together and said look we don't want to play this game um, neither of us feel like that and credit to them, you know, for, for taking that stand. Yeah. Uh, John, um, it's funny. You should mention, obviously other players, we, obviously we're big football fans, uh, Fabrice Muamba, of course, at, uh, the Wyart Lane a couple of years ago, collapsed yeah. a little different, obviously, um, as there was no, no tackle involved. Um, and that game was called off. And then of course, Christian Eriksen at the Euros, um, yeah, and he has since summer. come back and is now playing with Manchester United. Mm-hmm. Um, again, that no tackle involved there. He just they just collapse on their own, so it's slightly different, I would guess. But yeah, when we talk about the NFL, obviously the game at White Hart Lane was called off, but the game at the Euros continued after Ericsson collapsed. It did, yeah. You'd wonder, like, it doesn't seem like there's any particular protocols in place here. It just seems that they kind of survey the mood a lot of the times and, and decide upon uh, the reaction of, of what to do at that point. Um, but yeah, it's, it is difficult because, you know, it, it, it's very hard to legislate for things like this. So you can understand in games like particularly in the NFL and, and in football and things like that as well. You know, you understand that serious injuries can happen. Like we've seen it. Obviously, it's more uh, predominant in the NFL. But what made this one stand out so to be so strange to me, at least anyway, was like you said at the top here, just the sheer or just how innocuous the entire incident looked. Like if you just if you think back to other serious injuries we've seen in the NFL, I'm thinking like you know the Ryan Shazier thing, the which you know was potentially life threatening as well. But other ones that aren't life threatening but are kind of career threatening, like Alex Smith and, and other ones like this as well. You can you you see the, the challenge, you see the incident, and immediately you're like that is very serious. Something very very bad has happened here. But with with this one, unfortunately, it just seemed. Like, like Michael said, just a completely freak occurrence. And what it, what's more alarming about it really is that, you know, steps have been taken, you know, over the, the, the rule changes in the league over the years, you know, the block tackles, you want to protect players' knees, you know, additionally, you know, we even saw in the offseason this year that the, the offensive line and tight ends were being made to wear those kind of padding on top of their helmets to reduce the impact of potential concussion by like i think it was even a negligible amount like 15 percent or something like this but they, they they try and take steps to eradicate things like this as best as possible for such a for such a high contact sport that this one is but with the hamlet incident there's no learning you can take from it there's nothing that you can do to amend the rules or to to change how the game is played that could rule that out but I suppose that is just the nature of a freak occurrence. There's no legislating for it. It just sometimes these things happen. And I suppose ultimately everything will be judged upon the reaction of the teams and the reaction of the league and, and, and how people bring it forward from there. But like I said, it just doesn't, it's the scary thing is it just doesn't seem like there's anything you can do about this. Yeah. John, John makes a really great point, you know, comparing with, with guys like Shazir and, and Alex, but those kind of injuries we're so used to seeing them being carted off and they say something like, 
well, he's got con- movement in all his extremities, you know, or he's waving to the to Shazier, the fans. Shazier gave a thumbs up when he was getting yeah, part of the, and yeah. and that's okay. Okay, we can keep playing now. You know, it's 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 partly I think just the idea that the whole thing is unknown. It, it it's it's you know the kind of area we've never been in or, or we're rarely in. To say the only guy who's ever died on the football field died of a heart attack in mid game, but that wasn't he was running back to the huddle. Um, he had a prob a car problem which he had complained about in the hospital and told him it was okay. It turned out his arteries were blocked and he wasn't right. getting any blood. But you know th- those kind that's a more of like a Christian Erickson kind of situation. Um, you know, and we don't know what to do. You know, mm. it's it, it's out of the norm. It's just so so far out of the normal. Well, look, we obviously wish him the best. Hopefully he uh, wakes up and everything is fine. And uh, who knows, maybe he will be back playing like Christian Eriksen. But obviously with NFL being a much more um, demanding sport, you would say, in your body, that would seem unlikely. But let's hope for the best in terms of his health. Um, you you want a good story? Uh, quick, I'll do it quickly. In 1960, a guy called Howard Glenn, who played for the New York Titans, who are now the Jets, their first year of the AFL, they were playing in Houston. It was hugely hot. And near the end of the first half, he was carried off the field by a couple of his teammates, helped off the field. They were assuming he had heat prostration. Sammy Ball, who was the coach of the Titans, screamed at him to get back in the game. In the second half, he played a little bit, but he basically just couldn't do it. In the locker room after the game, he collapsed and died. He had a broken neck. Wow. And he played, I don't know how many plays in that game with a broken neck and and be, football being football. The coach told him to stop being a, a whatever and, and get nope, back in, in the it. game. <laughs> I nearly said it. <laughs> Did you, didn't you say that was a good news story or a happy story? No, to start and then you... no I, I just said it was a story. Oh my God. Okay. It's a true story. Um, right. Last bit on this is obviously where it leaves us now putting aside everything. And I know people like Skip Bayless has been in trouble and, and saying stuff about it, but and, he, and all the, all the vax deniers. <laughs> we can leave that one for now. God, right? God, the will Skip they just Bayless shut stuff, up? That's <laughs> that. The Skip Bayless stuff, obviously you know, he tweeted out, when are they going to play this game or, or, you know, so, and he's been in trouble and yeah, but, but, but let's look at what he said, because a lot of people are thinking it, the NFL has now said that this game is not going to happen um, this, week. this week, right? So they're going to run the slate of games. And that's why if you go on the Betfair Sportsbook as well, the Bills and Patriots and all that, that game's not on uh, the Sportsbook. Then we're into the wildcard weekend, right? Are, are they going to play this game? And if they don't play this game, where does it leave us with the standings in the AFC, guys? John? It cha- it, it mixes everything up. Like, yeah, it's, it's unfortunate to even have to talk about it. Um, but suppose this is a it is a football podcast we're doing here so the if the game doesn't get played it has extreme ramifications on on the on the playoff chase like it's sort of it hands you know I, it, like there's there's so many different permutations it's difficult to even kind of contemplate through all of them at the moment but like i think i, I read that all the teams that are in the hunt for the uh for the wild card wild card spot in the afc if if the game doesn't get replayed they're all gone none of them can qualify uh, it, it changes who, you know, it's, it, it's almost not even worth talking about it. It's such a, uh, it's a difficult thing to even kind of comprehend as to, as to what the ramifications will be. And like we say, it's not the most important thing at the moment, but yeah, it really, it, the NFL are in a, in a bit of a bind at the moment because they're, they'll be facing calls 
presumably to to get the fixture played or get it resolved in some way to make some sort of decision on it. But also they'll have to walk the tightrope of, of, you know, uh, thinking about the player, thinking about how the Bills organization is feeling, thinking about how the Bengals organization is feeling. And should, should they, you know, what's it like to get out there? And do they replay it from midway point through the first quarter like the game was stopped at? Do they start it again? It's it's a minefield at the moment, but the, the situation, unfortunately, is that the NFL is going to have to come out today or tomorrow or the next day and, and make some sort of declaration on this because there needs to be some sort of clarity for the teams ahead of this weekend's slate of games because they need to know what they're playing for. Yeah, Mike, yeah. we're recording on, on Wednesday morning, it should be mentioned. I know a lot of people like to listen at the weekend, so the answer might have already been, exactly, yeah. been decided by now. But, but Mike, what do you think will happen? I don't think anything will happen, to be honest. Um I don't see it. The what's the implications are mostly are are in in terms of seeding, um, yeah. and and right now the way it stands, if if Kansas City were to win, um, and and they would they would go um, they would go there four to fourteen and three, and if the Bills were were to win and beat the Patriots, they would go to thirteen and three, and Kansas City would get the top seed. Um, the the other implication, Cincinnati is more or less locked into the third seed. They had a chance at the top seed if Buffalo and Kansas City, Kansas City were to lose twice and Buffalo were to lose once. They they had a sh- shot at that, but that's neither here nor there. Teams like the Patriots, the Patriots, Jet, the Patriots, um, uh, Miami and um, uh, Pittsburgh are all still alive for that seventh playoff spot. The sixth one or the other one goes to the Jacksonville, Tennessee winner, no matter what happens. Um, the Patriots would have been thinking that Buffalo might be might have won and had the first seed clinched, so therefore they wouldn't play very hard against them. And now that situation is completely reversed. But I think, you know, that's the kind of thing. It, it's like when people complain about going into hard groups in World Cup seats, seedings. You know, it's like if you're going to win the World Cup, you have to be whoever gets in front of you. So, you know, why are you complaining? If you think your team can win the World Cup, you know, why do you why do you want to avoid so-and-so early on? So that well, doesn't bother me. Anyway, the, the bottom I'm line sure is... Agrees with that. The, no, bottom, the bottom line, the bottom line is NFL will say, basically, this is force majeure. Um, this is something beyond their control, even though, obviously, it wasn't their control. I don't know how Buffalo and Cincinnati are going to feel about playing this week much less next week. But if they ha- if they decide to add one game to the schedule, how do you do it? You know, do you play it on a Thursday night and then expect one of the teams to play again on the Sunday? That's three games, three games in eight days, literally. Um, that's not fair to, to anybody. I think what they'll do is just say, okay, it's force majeure. That's the way the, co- the cookie crumbles. Uh, Kansas City gets the top gets the top seed. Yeah, it's in effect. I mean you you can you don't it makes no difference because ties don't count in the um percentage when they do the percentage, um, the one the one loss percentage, which would decide the um, say, but yeah, call it a tie, and and that's it. Nothing changes except Kansas City gets the top seed over Buffalo, and Buffalo has to play an extra week. But can I just add one thing? And actually, kind of a question for Kieran on this, really, no as way. the as the resident betting expert in, in the podcast. But you know, one can only imagine that there is a lot of not just with Betfair, I'm talking particularly in the States now with the, the gambling markets out there and the kind of the fantasy, not, not fantasy football, but you know, the way there's, there's kind of people pick Super Bowl winners and they pick, you know, entire tournaments type things based upon this and, you know, player against player, better against better. There's so much money tied up in particularly not, you know, this game having a, a resolution, like, you know, how, how, how does that, how does that get resolved in the markets? Well, 
I, I'll be honest, I don't know. I can tell you this one. No AFC markets are on the West side at the moment. There's no AFC championship winner, which um, there's no, you know, which which, which would be up. Obviously there's, there's no divisions within the AFC or up. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess people are just waiting to see. So, so that's, that, that will be an issue, I assume. Um, And in terms of what Mike said, I, I, I don't agree because, the bills you lose home field advantage all the way to, you know and that's like the the, the and it, look it's oh yeah it doesn't no, matter in the grand scheme it, of that's huge i wasn't saying player. yeah i wasn't saying that's huge but it it, it is huge for for the but bills yeah, or chiefs you know the reality is the chiefs or the bills might have to go to arrowhead now you know whereas like for in an afc championship game i mean that's going to be tough historically that is tough yeah but We'll move on. We want to talk about a couple of other things, but we'll bring them up during the games, okay, people? Um, yeah, so I was I was talking about teams like New England, New England fans saying, "Oh, now we're going to have to play the Bills when they need to win." You know, big deal. You don't deserve to be in the playoffs anyway. <laughs> <laughs> now let's not get like we were so close to doing a show without annoying Patriots fans. Like, <laughs> so close. So look, uh, guys, the uh, weekend starts on Saturday with Kansas City Chiefs taking on the Las Vegas Raiders. One to four about the KC, three to one. The Raiders, uh, 7.5 spread, 52.5 is the over under. You, you know what? Two teams coming into it off slightly contrasting weekends. You remember last week when we were doing our best bets, uh, which I had Seattle, by the way. Nailed it. Um, uh, <laughs> excuse me. <laughs> Are you that was okay? my... <laughs> I gave you that one. No, you didn't <laughs> give me that. Yes, one. I did. <laughs> but we were all looking. We did mention that Casey's double figure price against Houston, and um, yeah. I mean they got pretty lucky in the end. There were some calls there that went against Houston, and then if you look at the Raiders, who brought in a new QB, they pushed San Francisco all the way in a game that was really good to watch on Red Zone. It yeah. sounded like the crowd at it was just really hyped for everything. Um, but obviously, look, the Raiders lost and KC won, which is the story of the season. Um, John Baff, how do you see this last one going? Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with what you say there. I think the Raiders moved into their post-Derek Carr era uh, as, as well. Sad as, times, by the way, because I love that. <laughs> he's a big Derek Carr fan. As, kind of, as, as well as could be expected. I mean, I know that they lost, but they put up 34 points against probably the best defense in the league in, in San Francisco. So, like, that's a good omen. And, you know, the... the Welcoming the Chiefs to, to to Vegas, one would just look at the facts and the figures. You wouldn't think that the Chiefs would be able to put up as much um, defense or as much. You know, the, the, their defense wouldn't be as robust as you'd expect from San Francisco. But that's that's X's and O's. That's just stuff on paper. You'd have to see how, how things work out. But I think that they can be the, the Raiders. That is, they can be relatively happy with how Jarrett Stidham performed in that game, particularly because the glare upon him and the the situation involving Derek Carr, which has been a bit of a contentious one there. You know, he's left the team. He's not even he's not going to be on the sideline. He's not going to help. Uh, you know, the, the the new QB with the calls or anything like this. He's just done with the with the franchise. It seems um, the Raiders, like we've said, they have come into a little bit of form recently. Uh, you know, perhaps Josh McDaniels has got a handle on things there ever so slightly, but you know, the, the Raiders in games like this, the Raiders don't really have a great deal to play for apart from divisional rivalries. And as well, they can, they can kind of play spoiler and, and stop a, a chief's team who have designs on getting the top seed in the AFC. So that's kind of their motivation in this one. But I don't think that this is going to be the points fest that we got with the Raiders um, last week. And again, with the Chiefs who kind of just limped over the line against the Broncos. 
So I think the, the over under 52 and a half in this one, I think the market is maybe being a little short sighted in this one and looking at the kind of the scores from last week and thinking it might be a big points affair. I'm actually looking at the under 52.5 on this one as being a, a sneaky good bet. Yeah, I'm like, sorry, it was Broncos. I think I said Houston in the intro there. Yeah. Um, 52.5. Is is that still the over? 52.5. Yeah. yeah. And, the yeah. Thing about I, the, I like I like what John says. I, I kind of I agree with him. I think on on that one. Spread seven five. I mean that the Vegas Vegas plus the, the points might be might be yeah, interesting. I see, but I'm not, not sure Stadium can like, do it two two weeks in a row. Well, that's that, that's the only question I have is that sometimes these QBs come in, the new guys come in, and Stidham's you know he's been around the league for a couple of years and things like yeah. this. But sometimes they come in. They look great, and then second week they, you know, it doesn't look so great. I was going to think of a different phrase to use there, but it's not particularly safe yeah, for the podcast. So <laughs> but yeah. I think Stadium is kind of a candidate for a little bit of a regression coming into this week, particularly against a very good. Like they mightn't have the ball very much against the Chiefs. You also have to kind of consider that. So we'll see what Stadium can do this week. But I think yeah, the, the, there won't be it won't be a points fest. The question's not whether Stadium's better than Derek Carr; it's whether he's better than Matt Jones. Yeah. <laughs> um. Well, yeah. what, what what are we thinking about the Derek Carr situation? Where do we think he'll end up next season? Jets. He'll be at the Jets next year, is my prediction. That's okay. a good one. Yeah, they've, I have no they've, idea they've, why they've, they've had a bit of money, really. and obviously they've they've given up on Zach Wilson. And you know, Mike White's decent; he's a good player, but he's he's still a backup in my opinion. He'll be a, one of the better backups in the league, and I think they'll get they'll spend a bit, bit of money on Derek Carr and, and go for it next year. Hmm, interesting. Maybe I'll be a John and fan. I have agreed twice now. <laughs> and we're only in we're only in the first game. Like it's a weird one as John mentions that he's not on the sidelines and he's just left. Like that is weird. Well, that that was that was probably by mutual consent. And there wasn't he wasn't going to be active. You know, they weren't going to activate him because if he gets hurt, they have to pay him next year. Um, That's a good point too. And and so they weren't going to let that happen at all. So he was no way he was stepping on the field. And I heard a great quote, uh, which was attributed to Ray Rhodes by by Mike Lombardi, who said, "The locker room always knows." And what he was saying was that the team had no, you know, no emotional uh, bet uh, bet currency on Derek Carr. You know, they don't. Apart from maybe Devontae Adams, that's. Well, you yeah. noticed the difference. Did you see the difference? Because all Stidham did was put the ball up in the right place for Adams to go get it. Mm. Um, and uh, that was something Carr wasn't doing. You know, yeah. he he wasn't throwing down, down the sidelines at all. I thought that last catch wasn't a catch toward the end of the game. Absolutely which really wasn't a catch. Yeah, I, I mean, and that was, you know, because I had that was my best bet <laughs> was um, was the was the 49ers minus six. And I'm thinking, OK, I'm cool now. You know, that's it. They're, they've got no shot. They've got no shot at that last score. But there it was. Um, and continuing with the NFL is not a great organization at times. The Tennessee Titans take on the Jacksonville Jaguars on Saturday night. Uh, so it means the Jags play in a short rest week, Sunday to Saturday, while the Titans get a three-day rest advantage from Thursday to Saturday based on how they played last week. So player welfare not taken into consideration where they played completely lack class there. But uh, Jacks are still favourites and they're at home. So 11-5 Tennessee Titans, 4-11 Jacksonville Jags, 6.5 is the spread, 39.5 is the over-under. Look, guys, it's on TV because it's such an important game for the playoffs. Um, yeah, winner, Mike, winner, winner you're... You're well, this amazing. this this should have been the the last game on Sunday, because yes. you know tra- traditionally it's the game you want the game that has no effect on anybody else, but is still 
a winner-take-all game. So this should be the last game. But there's no way in the world they want to put Tennessee and Jacksonville on the Sunday <laughs> night football game. So so it becomes Saturday night. You know, um, At least it doesn't affect anybody else's games. Jacksonville's on a roll. Uh, I think Doug Peterson's done a really good job you know, slow but but effective of bringing Trevor Lawrence along. Lawrence still makes a few mistakes, but you know, Tennessee's going to have Josh Dobbs playing quarterback. Um, they've had a lot of time to work with him. I like Josh Dobbs. Um, I think he fits he fits that you know system pretty well. Um, and he's not going to do he's not going to make the mistakes that Malik Willis would would be likely to make. Um, this one it. Tennessee's under they're, they're six and a half dogs. And I think with the points, I might even take them because I think they have the ability to keep this game close. Um, and I think Jacksonville will win the game, but, but, you know, I, I can't see, I can see Tennessee holding them close um, for, for most of it. John, how do you see this one going? Yeah, I think, you know, like Mike, this is essentially a playoff game. Really. If you, if you think about it, mm-hmm. uh, it starts right here for the, for both of these teams. Um, and, you know, it's a very unlikely AFC, AFC set championship game as well with these two teams, particularly like you to see the Titans in this spot at the start of the season wouldn't have uh, confused you terribly, terribly much. But if you look at them coming into this game with six losses in a row against Jacksonville or coming in with four wins in a row, um, I think in this game, you just have to go with form at the moment. And as well, yeah, there are, as Mike said, there are questions about who's not just who's playing. It is going to be Josh Dobbs, a quarterback, obviously, but, you know, it's it's a revolving door there at the moment for for quarterback in that franchise. So there's just, just there's no stability. They're coming off six losses. It's going to be difficult to put a lot of that pressure on a quarterback as inexperienced as Josh Jobs. As much as I like him, to be honest with you, but you know Trevor Lawrence is he's arguably the form quarterback in the league, or he's the you know, he's the top five form quarterback mm-hmm. in the league, whichever way you want to kind of slice it at the moment. So in this one, go with the form. I think the over under is quite low, thirty nine and a half. Um, and it's particularly in uh, in Jacksonville, so there won't be any weather issues to kind of come down on Sunday to to change things. But I think Bingo. that's, a, that's an important Leonard. thing, though. But so I think there is a, a decent chance with so much on the line here that there's a decent chance there could be a good, a good few points in this. So I like the over thirty nine five. Okay, I, I, I like the Titans haven't officially announced that Ryan Tannehill's out for the season yet, have they? But I think that it's the overriding feeling, right? Is that He's not going to take to the field. They just don't want to say it. Right. Yeah. Let, let him prepare for Josh Dobbs. Um, yeah, Do- Dobbs is a great story. Dobbs's whole NFL career has been ruined by that one quote he gave to someone during, I think it was the combine where he said he'd be happy to, he's, he's got a degree in air, air astrophysics. And he yeah, said air, he, aerospace, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Aerospace engineering. He said, yeah. he, you know, he, he'd, he'd be happy to work on the space program, you know, like might like to be an astronaut or something like that. And all of the, all of the coaches and scouts would be like, Oh, he doesn't love football. Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> He's got the best nickname in the league. They call him the Pastronaut. <laughs> <laughs> that is excellent. Um, we're going to fast forward time, like they do in many films, and we're going to head to the, the end of the podcast. Game. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening. Bye. Um, Detroit Lions take on Green Bay Packers in Sunday Night Football. Nine to five about Detroit Lions. Green Bay Packers four to nine. Four point five is the spread with the Packers favorites, and forty nine point five is the over under. So, game of the weekend, guys. Um, we spoke last week about uh, the old timers, uh, Brady and Rogers, kind of getting it together for the end of season. Obviously, Brady is in a 
pretty poor uh, division, which he has now topped. Um, but uh, um, John, you are notoriously anti Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. How do you feel about them coming good? I wouldn't be saying notoriously anti Aaron Rodgers. Mm, well, no, you've said some stuff here. It's pretty mean about. <laughs> I think he's a, he's a bit of a he's a bit of a jerk, but I like him as a player. Um, but besides all that, yeah, I think yeah, it's this is it, this is a very interesting game, isn't it? Uh, you, you kind of wouldn't have thought like again. I kind of I'm going to have to rehash kind of what I said about the Titans and Jaguars game. You wouldn't have thought that these two teams would be in this position in the last week of the season. Like the Packers, you know, on the verge of a playoff, that's not terribly surprising. But given how they began the season, to see them potentially a, a playoff team is rather surprising. Given it's been their poorest season in. God knows how long, a long, long time. Certainly the poorest season under Matt LaFleur. Um, and the Lions as well, who, another team that started horribly, have come on fantastically down the stretch and have, in my opinion, have become one of the most entertaining teams in the league just to, just to watch from just, you know, the pure box office popcorn standpoint. So it's, it's going to be a good one. Just a side note on this as well, that I think the Lions, if, Dan, if the Lions win this one, I think you can look at Dan Campbell as a, as a, as a decent bet for coach of the year and back up in, in Jacksonville as well. If Jacksonville win that game, you can kind of potentially think, oh, Mike doesn't agree with Peterson being a potential candidate for coach of the year. Oh, no, they're, can, they're candidates, but right now, everyone's me, a Brian, candidate, John. Brian, well, Brian, da- Brian Dayball's coach of the year. Do you reckon that's a, that's a lock? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, they've done so much, so much better than anyone could have expected. Yeah, that, that's fair. But I, with, I just think, given, a, that, given that how poor both Jacksonville and Detroit have been historically in the last couple of years, to see them get, yeah. to make the playoff would be a huge. It would be fun. With, it, with it would be funny. Well. It's a it same, would be so. funny if Coach Bluto was coach of the year. You know? it's <laughs> yeah. like, but um, I mean, the Lions Bears game was fantastic, although. It, you know, I almost give the Bears as much credit for losing it as the Lions for winning it. You know, it's it's like uh, Fields had like a hundred yards rushing in the first quarter. Yeah. So so then they said, well, what should we do now? <laughs> and it's like let's let him throw the ball. <laughs> he was like seventeen for twenty one. The rest of the game, you know, he was sacked seven times. It was like, what are you doing? Just you know. It, they they ran a play where Cole Komet came in motion and then stopped and basically was like the fullback in a single wing offense with Fields behind him to his right. And and he took the direct snap and he gave it to Fields and Fields ran for about 30 yards. And I'm saying, you know, just accept what you are. You're a single wing running team. You know, you you're not gonna you're not gonna win with with Justin Fields doing it. Um, but that's not to take anything away from Detroit. You know, I, I think Jared Goff has played really well this year. Um, been much yeah. underrated. Um, Johnson, the the offensive coordinator for um, Detroit, deserves a lot of credit uh, because he took over play calling last year, half you know, toward the end of the season. And from that moment, Detroit's offense has really been good. Um, I think he's going to probably be in line for a head coaching job. Um, and Swift and and Brown are both really good players. And mm-hmm. they did you see the play? They ran. A zero front offense, uh, defense in a long yardage situation. They had nobody on the defensive line, and the Bears' offensive line. The five guys were sort of they looked like a they looked like a Zumba class. You know, they're all kind of moving their feet and hands in, in motion. And Hutchinson wound up with an interception oh, because yeah. because although they dropped eleven, 
it was like Willis couldn't he couldn't account for eleven guys on the other side of the line, and he just threw the ball and Hutchinson made made a nice play. I just I just thought that that was uh, very creative by by the Lions. So I've got a lot of time for the Lions. I thought the Packers win was not down to Aaron Rodgers at all. It was down mm-hmm. to them. No, I'm serious. I mean, first off, they got a fourteen nothing lead on the kickoff return and the and the pick pick six, um, and that forced. You know, um, that forced uh, Minnesota into playing more of a passing game. And then secondly, they they did what they should always be doing, which is to concentrate on Dylan and Jones, which who are their best offensive players, yeah. you know, and, and run the ball. They ran for 150, I think, which they could have run for more had they um, – that too, you know the the young ref the young receivers are will be I think okay if they can stay healthy but well neither Watson nor Dubs has um, stayed healthy this year so that's that's like another another worry for them but uh, I I like the Packers in this one um, up in Green Bay in this kind of a situation I can't see them I can't see them um, losing this and you know and Bakhtari's back too which makes a big difference when he's there their offensive line becomes you know a good unit really as opposed to just a few good players yeah we 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 mentioned last week of course that they were seven to four to make the playoffs and we thought you know going into Vikings Lions games both at home probably should have you know if you fancy them in both of those games or if you fancy them in one to take the seven to four because well, now they're four to nine, really, to make the playoffs. Let's be honest. Yeah, yeah, I think they will take this one. As much I would, as much as I just personally like the Detroit Lions to get through, I think it's this is just kind of this is teed up pretty well for Green Bay to win by more than four and a half, which yeah. I think was the handicap. Yeah. I can remember picking Green Bay one year with four games to go, and they went into the playoffs at I think at eight and eight, if I remember right, but it might it might have been at, at nine and seven. Simply because of the schedule, and you looked at the, having those late games in Green Bay, you know they they just weren't going to lose those in playoff situations with Rodgers. And excuse me, I think the same kind of thing applies now. Kind of and applies you, to, to Brady as well. I mean, well, that's you know. exactly what I'm going to say. Do you subscribe, guys, to the whole Brady and Rodgers are in the playoffs? You you know you got to watch them. You got to be careful, kind of thing. Like, who do you think of of the two? Um, has the weaponry around him to go on a long run between Brady and Rodgers? Mm, let's go Mike first, because John's still thinking. I, I kind of think Rodgers. Um, right now, Tampa's defense seems to be underachieving, which which is a bit of a, a bit of a surprise. The secondary is kind of melted down. And what what I saw last week was, you know, if if Carolina's got either of their starting two cornerbacks playing Jackson's out for the year and and then and then Horn went down Mike Mike Evans doesn't catch three long touchdown passes from Brady you know it it just doesn't happen um he had no business being that open on any on any of them and, and a better corner wouldn't have allowed that you know Godwin has been very inconsistent Brady doesn't want to go to the tight end they can't run the ball um you know I, I think when when the coaching allows it, when Green Bay approached the game right, and when their defense plays well, which they did last week, and and sometimes don't, I think Green Bay's got better better weapons than them. You know, I, I would rather I would rather face Tampa in Tampa than than Green Bay in Green Bay. Well, yeah, well, that's the thing, but you're not going to face Green Bay in Green Bay. No, that's true. Um, John, do you uh, do you agree with Mike? Yeah, Counter argument for Brady. I think the kind of it's much of a muchness, really, but uh, I 
you kind of swayed me a little bit there, Kieran, the home field stuff, potentially. So, yeah, I, I think just... Well, I don't think Tampa's like a fortress or anything like that, but I do think Brady is, is very dangerous. And we've seen before teams sneak into the playoffs and go on long runs. Giants did it twice and won a Super Bowl. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, it is about getting... I know they've expanded the playoffs to now, you know, everyone gets a shot, really. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, in and win, you know, kind of thing. Um, okay, we've still got some six o'clock and a half nine games uh, to have a look at, guys. Uh, any of these ones catch your eye, John? You, you got anything in the six o'clock games that catches your eye? Um, what's looking interesting out there? <laughs> One for me. <laughs> I, 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 I like it. He, he, he literally, if you were if you're watching this, you would see he literally lowered his <laughs> eye down to the computer screen to see if anything would catch it. I'll tell you what's the one for me. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, just we mentioned Atlanta Falcons, 13 to 8 about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Falcons are 1 to 2, 4.5 is the spread of 40.5 is the over under. If if everything is to be believed, despite the fact that they don't have to do anything, Tampa Bay are supposed to start all of their regulars. Starters, is that so though? Are you sure? Yeah, Brady needs yeah. some. Brady needs some experience. They want to get him some reps. <laughs> I suppose that's what he said. He said he will rest no players. Now, for how long he rests no players? But... Yeah, maybe they'll play the opening drive or two. But you know, you, you can't like maybe Brady will play the whole game because they're because yeah. you know he, he has a very finite number of games left in his career, and I think dropping <laughs> him is probably. Uh, I don't he, know if he, he, if he would like that terribly much, but he's always been like that. Yeah, you he know? does like to yeah. stay in. Wasn't yeah, it weird don't. as well? The Vikings kept all their starters in when the game was gone as well in the fourth well, what quarter. Do you, what do you game. think they'll do against Chicago this week? Will the Vikings go out and try to win? Well, no. I'd like, I would rest players, you know, yeah. at this stage. I would rest players. That's yeah. what makes this quite difficult. But but I'm looking at the Falcons minus four and a half because I think Tampa are playing silly beggars with us. I think... Same here, actually. I've got that written. Not that exact phrase, but I do think... I, <laughs> I, <laughs> I think they come out for like three drives and then they're like, okay, here's everyone that you've never heard of. Yeah, I think I think this is this is teed up nicely for, for Atlanta. I think and it was it was minus four yesterday, so it's, it's even gone up from what you're saying. Um, but yeah, it's uh, obviously Atlanta don't have a great deal to play for here, but I just think that they... I'm very impressed by Cordaro Patterson and, and things like that. He's been he's been tremendous. I think he kind of he's a very good weapon from from the red zone for them. If they get you know first and goal or anything like that, it's they have a very very high touchdown percentage. So uh, yeah, I think listen, if if Tampa play their full team for some reason, it changes things dramatically. But I think I agree with Kieran that it'll be sort of they'll be mixing and matching the personnel throughout the course of the game a good bit. And it, it, this one it just looks like a sneaky good one for uh, for Atlanta to take. Now, yeah, it's not my I, best I, bet. I, my best bet does come in a six o'clock game, though. But we'll we'll discuss me that. Me too. In a few me minutes. too. Oh, yeah. interesting. Sh- interesting. Should I give it away now? <laughs> uh, yeah, let's let's change the script. But, the last but game I'd of say the I'd season. say I'd say be careful of Houston because if Houston wins the game, they could lose the number one draft pick overall. Nothing would be more Texans than than doing that. Pulling you the know. Jets on it, yeah. Yeah, it would depend on Chicago winning, but you know, but I think Houston can beat Indy, um, and they're getting two and a half points. Uh, I'd, I'd take a look, but my best bet, I think, of the week, and and this could be come back to bite me, but um, Miami minus one, not me against nope. the against the Jets. Miami um, are crap at the moment. So are the, so, are, so are the Jets. So are the Jets, and Miami yeah. actually that has something to play for. They're at home in December. Um, I think Teddy will probably wind up starting at quarterback, but I don't really care which way, whether it's him or Skylar. Um, so I'll, I'll, much as it hurts me to do it, I'll take take Miami and give give a point. Um, 
I was actually, I didn't want to make John feel bad, but I was debating this with Pittsburgh, you know. Um, yeah, I think, oh, I think Pittsburgh will win as well. Because I think there's powerful juju there with, with um, no, no, is that yours? Mike, that's what is I'm that yours? Ask, you were well, thinking Kieran, you can, you can have yet. that one, Kieran. That's, that's your My right. best bet of the weekend is absolutely that, the Pittsburgh. That means, that means it's, it's, it's bound to come through. I'm going to lose. Happened last week, yeah. It happened last week. I might do Seattle. Yeah, Pittsburgh Steelers absolutely are going to win. They're at home. Mike Tomlin. It's Mike Tomlin playing for a winning season. Do you yep. like him? Like you were talking about the locker room. Like Mike Tomlin, people he's like guy. him. He's a good guy. Yeah. And know? he's he a guy some to, nice things about Hamlin during the week yeah. as well. To take that to take that team to nine and eight, he should be in the uh coach he absolutely of the year should be discussion yeah, yeah, yeah. as well. Yeah, exactly. Um, um my one, if we're gonna get to it, yeah, is let's do it. For some reason, like now this could be a, again a candidate for for uh, games in which players are dropped, but the Giants visiting Philadelphia is the one that sticks out to me because the Giants are getting 14 points. Like, <laughs> yeah. Let's, let's go with that one. <laughs> that, <laughs> that sounds all right that's, to me. <laughs> that's a good shout too. That's another one yeah. I, was, yeah. I was looking at, you know, yeah. it's like, cause do you, do you think the Eagles are going to run up the score or, or you know, or yeah, once you, they get a lead, once they get a lead, you know, they'll take their foot off the pedal. You can't imagine, like what's the story? What Actually, I haven't read this. What is going on with um, Jalen Hurts? Is he, that's another one where they're keeping it, you know, on the they're DL keeping. Handle. Yeah, I think I think they, oh, I think they want they're going to have to play him this week, or you know, at least give him some because if they get that top seed, he'd have another week off, and that would That's be true. five, point, five yeah. weeks without That's without. Uh, they ain't without playing, playing him this week. He ain't coming yeah, on that no. field, Mike. I don't I could, know. He's not, yeah, he's I mean, not. and it's funny because I couldn't believe. Again, I gave I made excuses for Minshew against the Cowboys because I thought he played a pretty good game. He didn't play a great game last week, but I don't think a lot of that was his fault. I, I couldn't believe that they were actually not running the ball. Um, it's kind of like the opposite of Chicago. Why are you throwing the ball uh, all the time when you can run on this team and and you don't want to put the game in Minshew's hands? You know, put it in in um, your running backs your running backs feet. Um, didn't make much sense to me. Other game I think is probably a pretty good bet is Seattle over the Rams. Um, it's six and a half, which is a lot. But the I think Rams Seattle's want the season to end. Seattle's got a lot to play for, and you're exactly right. You know what? It's 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 a poor. That's why I, we kind of mixed up how we were doing the show today. But it's a poor night, half night. They'll probably end up being great games and all that. But Giants, Eagles, Rams, Seahawks, Chargers, Broncos, Cardinals, 49ers, Cowboys at Commanders. There's not a lot of playoff implications in any of those games. So I'm not entirely sure what way. The thing is, the argument that you made very, and I think very successfully for the Giants plus 14, I would not take, you know, you'd have to tie me down to to take Arizona plus 14. Uh, You know, (laughs) that's the kind of team they go down. You know they go down seventeen and they quit. You know I, I can't see them coming back and 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 keeping it that that close against the, the Niners unless you know unless they have unless the Niners play really badly. Yeah. Okay, gents, uh, that's where we will leave it. Uh, we kind of mixed up how we do the show today, but frankly, I liked it. Um, we're back next week. Or the start of the playoffs. Yes, it's finally here. Forget about that other 17 weeks. This is where we really come into our own. Um, 
It's true, John. It's absolutely true. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> um, a reminder to please do gamble responsibly this weekend and every single weekend. As I mentioned, we're back on Wednesday. Do not forget uh, that you there is a Football Only Better available right now that covers uh, tonight's and tomorrow night's games, depending on when you're listening. This could be old, but uh, the tonight's action with the Spurs game and then tomorrow night with uh, Chelsea, City. Chelsea City game. And then on Thursday, we've got Racing Only Better, which will cover the football and Cheltenham Only Better, which is out today as well at some point. Uh, looking at some of the uh, racing over Christmas and what caught a lot of the panel's eyes as we head towards Cheltenham, which is now only like a couple of weeks away. Really, that's it for us, gentlemen. Don't forget, there is Saturday Night Football, so that Ra- Chiefs-Raiders games is at half nine on Saturday. Titans-Jags is in the morning time, Saturday, one sixteen. if you're coming in. Plenty of games at six o'clock, half past nine, and then the big one, Lions and Packers is Sunday Night Football. We ran through it all, giving you, hopefully, a skew on what way it will go. My thanks to John Baff for joining me. My thanks to Mike Carson for joining me, both of whom are now relatively healthy, thankfully. And I, of course, am always a picture of health, especially if you're watching on YouTube. Damn, he looks good. Thanks for listening. Bye for now. We'll talk to you next week.